Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Trainwreck Tonight. Happy Victory Monday. Tonight's show sponsors, Picasso's Pizza, Outlet Liquor. I'm your host, Degenerate Al. We got Maniac in the building. And who else do we have tonight? Santa Cons. Let's go. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't pay the tab till the last drop So we all ride for nothing Cause this train never stops Santa Cons, Maniac. Gosh, guys, this feels good. Victory Monday edition of Trainwreck tonight and arguably the biggest game of the season. And, guys, now we control our own destiny. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be here. And I got to say, after yesterday, I'm just riding the best high. I don't think people realize this. But when the Bills lose, the city of Buffalo is just hard to deal with the next day. Mm -hmm. But when they win – everybody's just in a great mood. And I swear, like nobody's at work. I mean, it's a holiday week, but <laughs> like you can't get a hold of anybody. So no. like, I think everyone's all partied out. Everyone's riding to cloud nine. I mean, I am too. It is a perfect storm. You have people working half days in some cases, not even working at all. If, if you're like me, you may have uh, enjoyed yesterday a little bit too much. That's why I'm kind of keeping it in the, uh, keeping the, the bright lights away from me here. But yeah, it's like you said, it is just, ecstasy to be a Bills fan right at this moment um, when you compare with the mindset of where it was two weeks ago the two weeks before that with the Patriots and the Bucks games um, you know just the fallout from both those games whether it was the refs or a lack of execution or a lack of aggression from McDermott this coaching staff but those were all erased yesterday it was pedal to the metal and from the first drive, whether it was going for it on fourth down, down there at the goal line, they were, you know, sending a message that they were there to play and they were there to win. Yeah. And it's just so funny, guys, where like, Maniac, like you said, two or three weeks ago, it's like, hey, we might not even make the playoffs to, you know, you beat the Patriots, what, 33-21, and now it's like rolling back to the Super Bowl. It's just. There, there were a lot of people that were, don't be surprised that they missed the playoffs. Like, yeah. to, like and it was, I mean, it's just all. It really, this year more than most, last year was kind of a weird 
fantasy season because they only had like two or three bad weeks. It was the Chiefs, Titans, and then obviously the Cardinals uh, Hail Mary week that was devastating. But last year was more like segments, like it was four to six games at a time, the way they were going. And cons, I don't know about you, but this week or this year has just felt so much more week to week where they lose and it's like everyone's in the dust, they win. And, and maybe it's because you know, the measurables do say that when they're winning, they're winning dominantly. And when they lose, they're winning, losing narrowly. But uh, curious your thoughts. It just feels like more than ever a week-to-week league, which is, you know, obviously what's commonly said about the NFL. Well, I think I fell into that trap of just being such a pessimist because we were spoiled last season. We were spoiled with so many great games, so many great throws, so many great plays. And then this team just faced adversity this year where, like you said, you know, last year you get four or five games where they look great, and then you get like one or two where they may have fallen off the wagon. And this year it's like every other week. And I think to me what I realized was I never played college football. I never played professional football. But when you played high school football, you'd have one game where you were just completely off. And like maybe you had a couple games where you struggled, but then towards the end of the season, everything started to fall into place and click. And you're starting to see these guys on the team, like Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Allen's coming into rhythm. Devin Singletary even looked great yesterday. Dawson Knox coming into form. Everyone's starting to kind of gel at the right time. And I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. And you're seeing those signature games. And I got to say, guys, I'm waiting for the one game from a defensive player to have that signature game. And I'm telling you, Ed Oliver in the next couple of weeks is going to have that signature game for the Bills. He's this close. He is this close to having that signature game like Isaiah McKenzie just had yesterday for the Bills. I was going to say, you want to talk about a signature game. I mean, I would have been pleased with 60 yards from Isaiah McKenzie. He puts up a buck 25, uh, double digit catches. I mean, I, and I was re, you know, and obviously it's just been ecstasy checking the timeline and how exciting it's been to see all the Bills highlights, all the Bills quirks, and all the national media chiming in. Um, I really can't recall a time where a like support player or a, I guess, or, you know, a role player. Uh, you know, was on the outs, was on the border there and had such a huge game when they needed it most. I mean, can you guys ever recall like a Buffalo Bill stepping up like that? Well, didn't he have some questionable tweets over the past couple of weeks too? Well, he, right, right, yeah. rightfully so. I mean, I mean he yeah. fumbled once and, and that was the end of it. So like, and they caught and they brought Stevenson into the roster. Remember, right. I, I know he had some tweets. I, I thought I thought the tweets were just sketchy one day that when he was out versus the Saints, he's like, I'm out for the year. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, right. yeah, which is which is definitely a little yeah. sketchy, yeah. but yeah. but yeah, what were you saying now? No cons, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that it's incredible that what motivated him to get there, and it's a guy who's five nine that plays like he's six three. I mean, some of those catches yesterday. Josh Allen, made some uh, he made some incredible throws over three defenders, between two defenders, throwing laser beams. I mean, it was incredible, like freaking laser beam. But seriously, guys, like Isaiah McKenzie stretched out like he was six foot three yesterday and played like the receiver that we needed him to yesterday. Yep. And I'm just I'm just so like mind blown. I don't want to say I was down on him because I know that there's a lot of people out there that were, but I was waiting for that game from him. And my gosh, he just really opened up that offense yesterday. He really did, and he, all the people that were like, "Oh gosh, how, how are the Bills going to win?" With you know, when those when the COVID stuff happened this week, first Beasley and then Gabe Davis, and I got talked texting me, "Gabe Davis is out. How is the line moving from two to one and a half?" And I'm just like, "Come on, man! It's Gabe Davis. Don't get me wrong, great football player, but the best 
the best football player in the field is Josh Allen. And he did it again yesterday for all the world to see. And an incredible performance. I mean, I don't know what your guys' favorite play was. You could probably name five or six of them from yesterday. Mine was the friggin' uh, shuffle pass, the digs. I mean, he's do he, he does stuff on the field that nobody else can do. It's incredible. He can win any football game um, that you play the rest of the year out. And the big thing here is, which is so huge, is with that win yesterday, you don't have to win three in a row on the road right now. And a season where you're going to be going into tough environments in January to get those dubs. And I think that's huge. You're gonna we're we're looking at right now a Buffalo Bills home playoff game with 73,000 fans. First time in how many years? So it's just really exciting. You're gonna be you're you're gonna be two touchdown favorites easily in the next two. They're open they open up at 14 and a half with Atlanta coming to town. Very exciting. And yeah, now they've won the big game. You'll see if they can avoid the trap game. Obviously, I wanted to ask you guys this. I mean, you're not going to get a slouch uh, the first, you know, in any playoff matchup uh, legitimately. So with that said, I mean, with what you've seen that we were able to do to Mac Jones yesterday, and I don't think he played horribly, but he didn't play well, uh, plain and simple. So with that said, um, you know, you look at the list, Cincinnati, uh, Indianapolis, New England. I mean, Miami even kind of shuffles in there depending on what they could do. Is there anybody above New England that you would want to play? I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys would say on that. I mean, I'm like everybody right now. I'm scared of the Colts. I think everybody's scared of the Colts right now. Um, but I'm a little less scared than I was before because I think if they can – I would like to see the Bills force, if they could, Carson Wentz, to go toe to toe with Josh Allen. Cause I think that's, what's going to end up happening is the playoff in the playoffs is the bills are going to start forcing teams to beat them with their arm. And it's going to be who has the better quarterback and we're, and we've been living and dying by Josh Allen, but it's literally going to be live and die by Josh Allen. And it's going to bring flashbacks to those that may have watched Brett Favre in the past where, you know, the Packers lived and died by Brett Favre. That's exactly what the bills are doing right now. And I just – the Colts would be a team that I don't want to face in the first round just yet because I think there's a lot to tie up in the middle of that line, that defensive line. Yeah. Um, but I am all for – if you told me at the beginning of the season the Bills would win potentially win the division, okay, because we still control our own destiny, and then face New England in the first round of the playoffs, it's like Christmas. It's, it's a Christmas present after Christmas for me because yeah. that's what we want. That's what we live for. We want to beat this team – just as bad as they beat us for the last 20 years. I want that. Yeah. yeah, and realistically, you're looking at the standings. You can't get the one and you can't get the two. No. That's what it looks like because you have the Chiefs that are two games up on us, even though we have the tiebreaker. Realistically, they do have two tough games on the road. You got to go to Cincy. You got to go to Denver, but let's be real. They're going to win one of them. Then you have Tennessee who they have – I mean, they have the tiebreaker on us, They're, and once again – they're, we're not going to jump them. It's just not. It's not. It's not feasible. And then you got the Colts, and you got the Patriots, and you got the Bills, who all are going to win out. So you're looking like you're going to go. If you're if you're a Bills fan, you're going to be the three or the four. And, and just real quick, I mean, the three to me with the Titans at a two playing the Patriots or the Ravens, which is a super feasible scenario. That doesn't sound too awful to me. The Bills take care of business in their three home game. All of a sudden, they do have another home game, kind of similar to how uh, it worked out last year. Yeah, and you, you, yeah, I say the one team you don't want to face right now is Indy. That's obvious. They're um, just hot. They're, they're yeah. finding ways to get it done they're, with all the guys on COVID. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, okay. say, their defense is great too. Like, let's not just look at the offensive side. Go ahead, Maniac. I'm sorry. Yeah, and hey, don't forget too, the, the Colts almost beat us last year in the playoffs at home. We fell asleep in the second half. Frank Reich in Orchard Park knows how to work magic, so yeah. I don't want to mess with that. And yeah, I mean, it's like concept. The defense is finding ways to get it done. The offense is, you know, Wentz is like spotty. There's times where yeah. he can just be absolutely elite. There's times where he kind of looks like yeah. funky and lost. Um, I- Jonathan Taylor's obviously dominating, but yeah, I was super shocked this past week, and it's kind of similar to the Bills. You know, the line movement didn't move much when they were losing Gabe Davis and Beasley. Uh, the Colts line didn't move too much when they were lost like half their players on Christmas Day or half their defense on Christmas Day in the form of Darius Leonard. So it was very interesting yeah. and, you know, a little bit intimidating to see the Colts get that done on the road and, you know, with relative ease against the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, yeah you know, but nobody wants to play the Colts right now. That's a fact. One final point, and this is all I'm going to say, is you got, the, you got the classic Bills fans out there. You got – Two sets of them. You got one that want the dome, two that want to keep it in Orchard Park. And I'm telling you right now, if we lose to the Colts or the Patriots in the first round because it's lake effect snow and 30-plus mile-an-hour winds, it is going to be an outroar to get the goddamn dome set up ASAP. That's all I'm going to say. Because you saw what happened. You had perfect weather, 40 degrees, no rain. Josh Allen throws the ball 47 times, those three touchdowns. He looks amazing. If we lose a home playoff game because of weather conditions, and you can blame it on that, just like you can against the loss against New England at home, it's going to be an out. It, it, it's very – and you're up. You are 1 trillion percent right. That absolutely will happen. When people get mad about the New England game, they forget about the first two drives when the Bills took over at midfield and didn't score. They forget about all the yep. drops. They forget about the, you know, yep. gaps on defense and stuff. But, yeah, they will absolutely lose their mind in favor of dumb. With that said, I do think it is in the Bills' favor. I mean, if you want to talk about it just from a business standpoint, you want the quarterback to be able to excel. To be honest, I think yesterday's conditions were actually kind of the prime ones when there's a little bit of wind and a little bit of adversity as far as the weather because – you see Mac Jones, his ball doesn't have the zip that Allen does, who can just effortlessly, you know, yep. throw across his body, across the field. I mean, it's crazy. The game was close yesterday, and, it, and literally there are five to seven plays, I could think, that Allen made where the game literally kind of went the other way. Yep. Whether it was the fourth down run or the shovel pass to Diggs like you talked about. Um, so, yeah, it was very interesting. And, yeah, the Dome people uh, will be <laughs> – Will be pretty raucous cons if uh, if something like that happens or they get all run over in bad conditions. I just have one thing to say to that point, okay? And I and I agree. You know, it's going to come a point in time where you're going to want Josh to throw 50, 60 times a game, and you want the best conditions ever. But why did you draft him? You drafted him because he has big hands to play in these kind of conditions. And if you go back to the New England game and Orchard Park, he didn't play that bad. Even the even the the national media pundits were saying this guy's throwing darts downfield into 65 mile an hour wind and it's going somewhere. Now, if he tries to throw a 60 yard pass to Stephon Diggs, it's gonna sail on him. But the point was is that's why they drafted him. Now, you can't predict the weather, so it was a weird night, but I do agree. I think it goes both ways. I think, yes, it would be ideal to have a dome for any quarterback. Imagine how many more games Aaron Rodgers m- might have won in Green Bay if he played in a dome his whole career or most of his career. But I think you got to take take this into account. They have Josh Allen to throw in those conditions, and they have Tyler Bass – sorry, my man – Tyler Bass to kick in those conditions. So you draft these players that can play in those conditions, and 
And guys, I think no matter what, he's been the best player on the field against Tampa Bay. He was better than Tom Brady, in my opinion. And he was he's, he was the best player on the field yesterday. So I'm glad he's our guy. Let's just put it that way. Either way. Low-key, he's back into the top five for MVP odds. He kind of fallen out of the, uh, the top 10 or 15 there, but now he's back. Yeah. And speaking of which, your guy Bascon. So I'm, you know, we're raging at Rec Room yesterday, which, by the way, was another amazing time. Um, and I see Seabass walks in, Sean, our friend, uh, Sean Heidinger, and he's in the Bass Army now. He's got his own jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the actual stitched one. So um, hopefully one day I'll get the stitched one. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's loving life in that jersey. Seriously, who wouldn't be loving life? And if you're a Bills fan, how are you not loving life right now? I'll be honest. I enjoyed loving life a little bit too much last night. I'm a little hungover. Perfect excuse to order some Picasso's pizza. Picasso's. Picasso's freestyle. Let's do it. Hey, eating couple wings with a couple kings. They're my favorite things. Hey, hey. That's all I got. I'm not a good freestyle rapper. Wait, hold on. Let me for a second. Hey. Maniac, maniac, what kind of adult pops are you having? Oh my god, a lot of high noons. And then, oh. you know, the people everyone's in town for Christmas. So, you know, there was a great crew yeah. showing out uh, to hang out at uh rec room. It was myself and intern Vinny on the halftime show yesterday because we're making do with our own roster. So that yeah. was uh super fun. But yeah, a couple of honestly, I had I had a lot of high noons. I had a couple blue lights, but it was probably really those intermittent two to three tequila shots and oh. such that, that, that uh, probably did me. Did, probably had did me I ever, good. did I ever tell you guys what happened the morning after the bills chiefs game when we had so many high noons? Oh no. I didn't drink any water. So I woke up in the middle of the night with the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And no matter how many glasses of water I had, it got worse. It was just the worst. So highly recommend if you're going to consume high noons, drink some water between it's going to be the worst night of your life. Hey. Honestly. Cheers. Cheers. And Sorry, if you're going to consume some Buffalo sports this week, make sure you bring some adult pops. The Sabres are back in action. To be honest, I was kind of hyping them up before this little break. Uh, when they've had UPL and net, they've been, I call it super watchable, which is honestly a you know compliment to the Sabres for how they've been over the last couple of years. Um, with that said, they are still about 10,000 to one to win the Stanley Cup. So that's not <laughs> ideal. Um, what are you guys looking forward to with the Sabres back there? Look, I'm I'm really focused on the the template, the foundation. I mean, you you asked a really good question in the press conference. Was it a couple weeks ago? You said how important is the foundation, basically that you've laid down with how many games were coming up. They ended up playing all those games, but I, I think that's what I'm looking forward to most with this team. So we see great games from Vinny Hinnestrosa. We see great games from Dylan Cousin, Rasmus Dahlin. And then you go to Rochester and you just see the farm system gelling together perfectly. And I'm really excited, uh, you know, for them to get back into action because I think towards the end of the year, you're going to start seeing these guys like Peyton Krebs and Jack Quinn get a shot. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see them move the puck with how much space they have in Don Granado's system. 
Al, are you in or out on the Sabres when they when they return? I mean, like you said, Maniac, it's all about the team being watchable. Um, but, like, I mean, I know Geary put out a couple tweets and some people, like, you know, they think they're back and they think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not buying into that. Like, I'm just not. Um, do I think they're going to be a much better team? Fun to watch, like Khan's just said, with some of these key players and seeing talk. But um, I'm not, like, fully back. No chance. And obviously, you know, it kind of goes into the bigger picture here. And this is going to be, you know, there's just no way to talk about COVID without it being a little bit of controversy or whatever. But you're starting to see, you know, releases from the CDC on the transmissibility of, you know, asymptomatic people. And you're seeing sports leagues starting to adjust. Um, Very interesting. Um, And plain and simple, I think that the quicker that leagues are to adjust, the quicker they'll be able to avoid, you know, these kind of, I don't know what you want to call them, intermissions or periods where they have, like right now, where the NHL is kind of at a standstill. Yeah, I I mean, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I don't know about you guys, I know so many people with COVID right now in Buffalo. Family, friends, it is absolutely insane um, how many people have it. So, yeah, you got to think and hope that the NHL did the right thing, you know, took some days off, tried to – you know, get rid of it. But I think it's something that's going to be around, you know, the rest of the season and hopefully they made the right decision. Yeah. You hear a lot about, you hear a lot of people say like learning to live with it. And I'm not saying learning to live with it and getting into a whole debate, but I think you're seeing leagues starting to learn how to live with it and kind of work their way through it. So the fact that the NHL was maybe, maybe they were premature, maybe they weren't, but they're trying something. And I think that's something that people need to realize is, it's it's completely sucks when your team's game gets canceled, especially when you have tickets to two games like I did. But at the end of the day, it's the league finally taking a stance and saying, we're going to try to work through this the best way we know how, and that's postponing it for a little bit so we can get yep. things back under control. Yep. Most definitely, yeah. You're seeing, um, I think it's like with the new strain or whatever, but a lot more you know cases or whatnot. But again, other numbers aren't fluctuating as much, so all about keeping that under wraps and basically the most efficient way going forward for us as a society. And obviously it goes without saying society wants sports. So um, they're definitely going to be working for that. And speaking of which, obviously we got a lot of action this week. Al, the futures, how are we looking? How are things going? How are we ready for uh, the college football playoff? Yeah. So from a futures perspective, um, I'll tie it real quick in the NFL. Um, The Browns just have completely, uh, I mean, I, I know they weren't the fa- they weren't favorites, obviously, against Green Bay, but they've really kind of screwed me this season. Um, but the crazy thing is the Browns can still win the division. I don't know if you saw Stucky's tweet. If chalk hits the next two weeks, the Browns win the North. How crazy is that? If chalk. You, know, you don't even need underdogs to come through. You need some basic things to happen, like the Chiefs to beat Cincy. That's, that's happen. doable. Yeah. I, I mean, the Rams to beat the Ravens. Easy. Uh, the Browns to beat the Steelers. Mm. That's the tough. I mean, that's a tough one. But then week 17 Browns Bengals for the division in Cleveland. <laughs> I-, I don't care. Throw the records out. So betting wise, that's definitely what I'm looking into. Um, I do have an Alabama future ticket alive. If the Rams can win the North or not the North, if the Rams can win the West, which looked dead weeks ago. That was looking dead. So that is right back alive, which has got me excited. But Maniac, what are your thoughts right now? I know obviously you got a lot riding on the, you know, the AFC 
and uh, the Bills winning the AFC in Alabama. Which one are you more confident in happening? Who? That's actually a really good question. Um, the numbers, you know, because obviously I'm such a diehard Bills fan right now. DraftKings has them winning the con- so I'm in on the conference for the Bills winning conference. the conference through the playoffs. Um, right now, DraftKings has them at plus three fifty. The Creek has them at plus four hundred. Obviously, as a Bills fan, I feel like the odds are a little bit better than that, especially if they play how they played yesterday. Uh, Bama is like plus 110, plus 120 to win that. Um, You know, the only thing that gets me about Bama and why I'll say Bama is that in every game against Georgia, I'm pretty sure I looked up under like Kirby Smart, Georgia has had like a 10 point or more lead. So it's almost like no matter what, Georgia is going to have a lead out of Alabama. You saw that in their last game when they played. Georgia got out to a 10-0 lead. Alabama ultimately got the momentum. But Alabama, if they theoretically can beat Cincinnati and Georgia beats Michigan, that's going to be a tough matchup. Alabama will be an underdog again, even despite their big win in the SEC championship. So with that said, with how hot Josh Allen can get, with how – this defense can be like, you take yesterday's defense and you add in Star, you know, doing his thing. And I know that, you know, Star's kind of like the Buffalo Bills Charizard. Like, he doesn't seem to, like, take our orders or want to play when we need him most. But we need Star. We need Starizard. We need Starizard right now. And we need him more than ever because he can free up rooms for Cons Ed Oliver, for Greg yeah. Russo, for Epinesa, and Boogie Basham. And all these guys who are playing more. Harry Phillips, who seems like he's getting more play time than ever again kind of tough to tell I don't want to be Urban Meyer and say a guy's playing when he wasn't even on the field but yeah yeah, as far as to to sum up this rant with my Bills fanhood taken into perspective I'm a little bit more confident in the Bills winning the conference especially if they can get that three seed because I really do feel like the Titans as a two could easily 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 lose uh that their first round game so yep um yeah I'm optimistic about that and uh we will be doing some live streaming. Again, we're not sure exactly how we're going to do it. It'll probably be similar to Burr's um, with the World's or with the NLCS. We were doing that at Studio D. But we'll be checking in Friday on New Year's Eve, live stream during the college football playoffs. Should be pretty exciting. Yeah. And, may, and may, real quick, Kanzi, my <laughs> biggest thing with your situation, Maniac, it's the classic saying in sports, specifically football it is very tough to beat a team twice. In the same year, and you're talking under, what, a month? Um, I mean, you need Alabama to knock off the number one team twice in a month, and then you need the Bills to go into Kansas City potentially twice and win twice in a year. It's that That is very, very difficult to do, in my opinion, no matter who's on the team and who's on the squad. But you're going to see a con- uh, completely different Kansas City team in what? That's going to be February, I believe, now um, for an AFC championship. And then, yeah, same thing with Georgia-Alabama. So, that's the only thing I would say you have going against you is that same matchup happening twice. Because I don't see the Bills aren't playing one. If it's the AFC Championship and the Bills are in it, it's in Kansas City. I can't see it in Tennessee, and I can't see it in Buffalo. So realistically, that's what you're going to have to do. I just want to throw my little my two cents in about Alabama. You talk about things happening in twos. What's one thing that Nick Saban never does? Make the same mistake twice. And you know this that the only way Alabama finds itself on the outside looking in is if he falls asleep at the wheel. I just, anytime Alabama is in the college football playoff, they're automatically into the finals in my, just the way yeah. that I see it. And like I said, if, if you, if you bet Alabama, you're smart. I mean, if you're got a hit on a parlay and they're in, they're in. And I really do truly believe wholeheartedly 
Nick Saban, he's the best coach. There's no doubt about it. Undisputed. Best college football coach you'll ever see. But he never makes the same mistake twice, which is why I think that if you have Alabama on a parlay or you bet them to win the national championship, you're sitting in the driver's seat right now. And I just, I hate to say it. I've watched Notre Dame demolish teams, but I just don't see any of these teams in the college football playoff even putting up 17 on them. I've, I've bet two favorites, and the first one was part of this original parlay that I created. It was Djokovic in the U.S. Open, and I bet Bama to win the national championship. And Djokovic was basically, like, he didn't gain any grounds on his odds until the championship match, where he finally went to minus 250. Right now, Bama's at plus 120. I basically got them at plus 120 Perfect. in the fall. So so with that said, it's it's been, it's been a very interesting and tumultuous road, so... It was 17 to 1 when I got it on Bama and Bills to win the AFC. It got down to 9 to 1 uh, October 11th. Or, no, sorry, October 4th. I'm looking at it. October 4th, it got down to 9 to 1. November 14th, after the Bills lost to the Jaguars and, the, and Bama had to face Georgia, it was up to 28 to 1. Wow. And now it's back down to, now it's back down to 9 to 1 after everything that's happened. I still can't believe three or four weeks ago we could have got Bama at seven to one. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's that crazy. Was, that was very yeah, silly. About it now. Don't stupid. sleep on saving. I know, I know. It, it was a weird situation though because it was like if they lost to Georgia, there was a solid chance they were out. Sure. Yeah. Because they would have had two losses, and yeah, it would have been a big problem. That loss to A and M by Alabama was just inexcusable this year. Oh, at the at the alehouse, that was disgusting. <laughs> so was so disgusting. disgusting. So shout out the alehouse, shout out rec room. It was an amazing atmosphere as always. Uh, Cottons, any uh, shout outs for you before we sign off here? Yeah, I just want to say first off, you see me wearing my every time I die hoodie. Tid the season was literally the best show I've ever been to in my whole entire life, and this holiday season's just been incredible. Also, want to give a shout out. Little snappy for the only believer in Isaiah McKenzie out there. So if you're listening, oh, brother Bill wants some respect, but I, all right, I brother Bill wants some respect. But I'm just saying, give him my shout outs and credit where credit's due. If you're sitting there saying I believe in him too, you didn't, uh, except maybe brother Bill and little snappy. So just give him my shout outs. Love the both of you. When we look back on it, depending on like if they go on a run here where the offense is back to full throttle. The benching and the and the neutering of Isaiah McKenzie in this offense is one of the most biggest mysteries in like recent Buffalo sports <laughs> so history. Honestly, so dumb. He fumbled on a punt return. Yeah, like, big deal. Hey, what, what, wait, what was the play against the Saints? Right, Breda misread a play. Right, he didn't do the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Breda ran like ran the block when it was supposed to be a screen pass. Yeah, I just I just want to know what happens when like his kids forget to put the dishes in the sink. Like, what, like what, are they not allowed to eat the next day? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, something ha- – I, I mean, I, I, I do not buy – and obviously that's the only thing we have to go off. I do not buy it was just the one fumble. It, it just right. seemed like such an overreaction uh, to that. But, yeah. hey, don't overreact to us. We got um, – again, the Sabres are returning this week, so keep an eye out for all our coverage there. And then we will be live Friday, New Year's Eve, last day of 2021, and hopefully the start of my most successful bet ever. Well, a continuation yeah. of it, but so I got to ask you, Maniac. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not going to do anything for Friday's game because they're clearly going to go to the championship. No, I, I'd say I'm holding off to the national championship for sure, which will be basically the last week of the NFL season. And if it's the NFL season and the Bills have like the three seed with the division, probably a small, you know, like Couldn't, for yeah. 
For the total you- amount I have to win, I would say I would probably bet five, three to five percent on Georgia. But couldn't you also do like bet Georgia and the Avalanche? Bet Georgia. It's always the Avalanche with this. Guy. No, I'm just. It's for an example. Like, couldn't you do Georgia and a couple people to win the Masters? Sure. Like just. Good. Good. That's how. That's how we got here. I got a ticket for five dollars. I got it from the BMW Championship. Remember, in late August, I got five dollars to win. Uh, to win eighteen hundred. I, I got can't lay. Yeah, I got can't lay at eight to eighteen to one mixed in with that Alabama and uh, Bills. So it's there, possible. There you to go. Do that. That that's definitely your your subscription of thinking for sure. Yeah. Uh, in my dream world, somehow Alabama dominates and Georgia looks like shit. And Alabama's like a three-point favorite, so maybe I can get like Georgia plus three and a half or something. No, nah, no way. No, will never happen. But yeah. no, that would be my dream world. I <laughs> think get Cincinnati I, out of there. I don't want them in there. At, yeah, yeah, I would say five percent of what I have to win on the national championship, and then five percent on the preceding Bills game. So that would put twenty percent of what I have to win on there again. Obviously, I'm risking losing in those games if I do, but I'd have to figure out a smarter system. But yeah. Once, once I get to the national championship, again, I'm not assuming what's going to happen on Friday. Cincinnati's been a weird team all year. They can beat Bama. It's, it's definitely possible. No, they can't. <laughs> no, they can't. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, and I would say the best line you're going to get is probably a pick em. I cannot mm. – I can't see Bama being minus one. I really – that would be – that's a seven-point mm. swing from what it last mm. was. I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe Georgia plus three and a half on a on a on a, on a uh, slider line, you know, on the creek, and then uh, and then mix in a future, and then that way, yeah, kind of you're kind of giving yourself a little bit of an out. Can potentially middle and hit both. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. It's just I would hate to be losing money when I'm still so far from the finish line. Yeah. Obviously, if we get to the AFC Championship and Bama won, things will be a little bit more clear cut. Yes, hundred percent. But hey, roll tide. <laughs> seriously, roll tide for me. But hey, clear cut is how we do it here at Trainwreck Sports Trainwreck tonight, two twenty eight. Joined by Joe Cons. John Cons, always a pleasure having you on, bro. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Glad I could do it. Love you guys. Love you, Santa. Al, <laughs> new thoughts on the dog? I'm tired. <laughs> for those who don't know, Al had a holiday gift that keeps on giving the new pup rose make sure you're following all things Trainwreck, twitch spotify apple podcasts soundcloud you know it we got it i think there's only three words left to say gents good night